Hello everybody and welcome to the first edition of Almost First. If you were wondering what the hell you were just listening to, that was the theme from 24 Legacy. It's not a spinoff, but more of a reboot from the original series, 24. One of my favorite shows of all time. If you have not seen it, you can currently binge watch it on Amazon Prime. Trust me, it's worth your time. Um, the star of the show is Eric Carter, starring Corey Hawkins. You may remember him from Straight Outta Compton. He played Dr. Dre. Or, if you watch The Walking Dead, he plays Heath. He's the guy with the dreadlocks and the glasses. And the status of that character is currently unknown, so we could possibly be seeing him in The Walking Dead again. But let's get back to the show. 24 Legacy. It was okay. It was only 12 episodes, so, you know, there's going to be a huge jump in time at some point. Um, right now, it's currently has like a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is subpar for a 24 show type quality show. But for the most part, I liked it. I thought. Corey Hawkins did okay, but he didn't really have much to work with in terms of, you know, showing range. He pretty much was one note throughout throughout the entire first season. And it's probably an unfair comparison to compare him to the legend that is Kiefer Sutherland. He owned his role as Jack Bauer in 24, but he, he doesn't hold water to, you know, Sutherland's performance. I uh, I hate to say this, but I kind of really didn't care about his character at all. Um, the story, yeah, it's 24. It's it's uh, it's pretty much the same show as the original 24. So you kind of know the beats. You kind of know what's going to happen. And I feel like they try to, you know, hop on the fact that we haven't seen 24 in a while. You know, 24 fans, we're going to watch it. We want to see what's going to happen. But I felt like I was watching the same ex exact show. And with the original 24, I felt like things were getting a little repetitive. And, you know, things starting, you know, patterns are starting to repeat themselves in 24 Legacy. And that's where I think most of the drop-off is coming from. When you look at the scores on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Metacritic, what have you. We've seen this stuff before. We we know there's going to be a mole at some point. There's someone's going to double cross somebody, and someone's going to get captured. The hero's going to have to do something that's probably illegal to save the day. We've all seen this before, so I don't know how long this show's going to last, but it's good enough for me where I'll continue to watch it. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, Miranda Otto, she's on this show as well. You may remember her from Homeland. She's not on Homeland anymore. I don't want to say why, but she's not on there anymore. Um, she was pretty good as well. I thought she had that. Um, she had some nice chemistry with Corey Hawkins. They had some back and forth, and um, her character was kind of like Jack Bauer, but she had more of a bureaucratic role in it. That's a little bit of a different twist when it comes to the show because she was willing to do whatever it took to get the job done. And we have, me as a 24 fan, I didn't see that very often from the person that was running CTU. So that was a nice little twist. Also, Jimmy Smith is in this show. I feel like Jimmy Smith's, J Jimmy Smith's, Smith, let me get this freaking name so I can say it right. Jimmy Smith's is also on this show. And I feel like he, He's never on a show from the very beginning. 
I know, 24 Legacy. It's in its first season, but they already have an established foundation. Jimmy Smith is like, he's like the Robert Horry of acting. He always hops on a series, like when it already hit its stride, they have this nice fan base, and the writers are like, okay, let's, and the producers are like, okay, let's get an actor that's really good, that's going to bring it. He's not going to be the star, but he's either going to be like, a supporting actor with a huge role or he's going to be like the main antagonist or something like that. So let's get that guy in here. And Jimmy Smith is your guy. He did it in Dexter. I believe it's season three, season four, season five. It's between one of those seasons. And he also did it in Sons of Anarchy where the guy came out of nowhere and he just crushes his scenes every single time. I wasn't a big fan of Jimmy Smith's character. I kind of felt like he was a whiny little bitch and he got people killed. But, you know, he he was human. He had a human side to him. Um, There's this scene where they're trying to extract information from someone Smith cares about and he can't bear to watch it. And I was like, oh, God, come on, man. You saw what happened today. You saw the major thing that happened that could possibly be stopped from happening again in the future. And you're just going to let this go down. That was Jimmy Smith. So. As an actor, his acting was great. His character was eh. Kill this guy. I won't miss him. I saw The Fate of the Furious over the weekend. I want to share my thoughts with it. It's the same movie. And I feel like I said the same thing about 24 Legacy a few minutes ago. It's all the same. But it is. It's kind of like the Transformers. But with humans actually driving the cars. You know, they should probably make, you know, fuse those two series together. I don't think that would be a bad idea, actually. Because... It's not like you need a plot with these movies because these movies certainly aren't lacking in, are lacking in the plot department. But let's face it, these movies are strictly here to, you know, enjoy the action and you can turn off your brain and you don't really have to worry about quality acting because you're not going to get it here. It's starring Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson. You don't you don't think of stellar acting when you think of the, those two. Yeah, it was kind of shady, but, you know, shade happens. Shit happens, shade happens. Same old, same old. Um, Dom, they try to give him a little character development. He probably showed the most emotion here in this movie and then probably any other franchise. And all he ever does is talk about family. You should probably, if you want to make this movie a little bit more interesting, you should go into the movie with, I don't know, sneak some alcohol in there, right? And every time Dom says the word family, take a shot. You probably walk out of that theater fucked up. Um, also, this movie was kind of lacking in the action department. Like, I felt like it was slow paced. They tried to do a little bit more. What about what? Do, what? What do I want to say here? Exposition. Then actually, they tried to seem like they tried to work on the plot a little bit more because in the last movie. One of the big plot holes were they needed to track down God's eye to track down the guy that kept tracking them down. And in the next movie, when Dom turns, 
the first thing they do is Don breaks into the facility where God's eye is currently located and they take God's eye from them. So the I guess that was for us who would have said, why can't they just use God's eye to track them down? Nope. Well, the first thing the writers do is they have Dom and his crew go into this facility full of trained government agents and they just blow a hole to the wall, throw in some serum gas or whatever. And serum gas, I think that's actually lethal and kills you. But they throw in some, I don't know, concussion, tear gas, la-di-da-di-da, and they took out everybody, and and they got rid of God's eyes. So I guess that was good that they eliminated that plot point. Tyrese Gibson, let's, let's talk about him. He is strictly there for laughs, and I don't really get why his character is actually in this movie. I mean, I know why he's there. He's he's the uh, He's the comic relief, but... When you think about it, Tyrese Gibson, all he wanted to do was make a buck. That's all he wanted to do. And now you want me to suspend my disbelief. And you want me to, you know, just believe that this guy is a government agent now. That that makes no sense to me because in every shootout or situation where he could possibly die, all this man is doing is screaming, and he's scared like a little girl. I'm like, why are you even here? Didn't you just make a shit ton of money in the fifth installment of this franchise? Remember when they robbed the bank and everybody got rich? Um, and I'm just thinking to myself, why does Tyrese need to do this? It, he doesn't seem like he's having fun when he's getting shot at. Uh, Ludacris. He's probably best when he's interacting with Tyrese. Tyrese and Ludacris, they do have some chemistry. When they're cracking on each other, I do get the sense that they're friends. But when he's doing anything else, I I just don't believe it. And he's the smart techie guy. I'm like, when the hell did you become a smart techie guy? Uh, In the second installment of this franchise, he was just a a resourceful man who set things up he was the guy who probably knew everything about everything when it comes to you know illegal activity but i never got the sense that this guy was a techie nerd geek because he seemed like the cool guy back in they just completely did a 180 with this character but you know he was fine but when he was interacting with uh roman pierce tyrese gibson's character i felt like that's when he was at his best, cracking jokes on his friend. There's also the British chick, can't think of her name at the moment. I'm trying to figure out why was her character even in this installment. I felt like she did the exact same thing that Ludacris' character did. Why did we need two of these people? Did they just want to have a British person in the movie for the sake of being multicultural? Because it is a it is a colorful cast, I will tell you that much. Letty, uh, played by Michelle Rodriguez, she's a badass in this franchise. I I don't know if they're gonna make her an action star at some point outside of this franchise, but they've they've did a complete 180. She's like a freaking ninja now. She has this Black Widow type skill set, and she's enjoyable to watch on the screen. The Rock. The Rock makes everything better. He has chemistry with whoever he interacts with, especially with Jason Statham being brought along for the mix. The Rock and Statham, they have this back and forth kind of like The Rock has with uh, Roman and uh, Taj, played by Ludacris. 
he just interacts with the best of them. We all know that he can talk trash. If you ever watched him in the WWF slash the WWE, the man has talent when it comes to talking shit. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Because I could definitely smell what The Rock is cooking in this franchise. And you can kind of tell when they brought The Rock on, the series was kind of, it wasn't all that exciting. But when The Rock came along, he, I felt like he kind of rejuvenated this franchise a little bit. I heard someone say that The Rock makes everything better. I don't completely disagree with that, but he made this franchise a lot better than what it was. Jason Statham is Jason Statham. He's the same character in all his movies. You got to crack a little more jokes, though, on The Rock. So we've come to find out that Statham has a little bit of comedic timing. If you ever seen the movie Spy starring Melissa McCarthy, the guy has some comedic chops. So I would love to see him break away from the serious action roles because we know he can do that in his sleep. But I, I want to see him, you know, do some more comedy stuff. It can still have some action elements to it, but I want to see him do more comedy. It's usually a parody of himself from what we've seen in Spy, but uh, we know he has the chops for it. So Jason Statham, if you have somehow ever find yourself listening to this podcast, first of all, let me just say why you have better things to do, but. Do more comedy, man. That's It's it's going to be interesting. You're out of your element, and people are going to want to see, hey, let's see how he does with this. Who else did we have in this movie that's worth talking about? Thinking, thinking, Charlize Theron, the, the, the main villain, the guy that has something on Dom, making him do something against his will. Because, you know, Dom would never turn on his family. That's, that's like the hashtag for Dom, Dominique Toretto. Charlize Theron, she she was good. She was believable as a villain. She commanded all her scenes. She completely outacted Vin Diesel in all of his scenes, but it's Vin Diesel. Um, I, I believed her as a villain. Um, I felt like she meant business. They actually did some things that made you go, oh, okay. She has my attention now. I, I take her seriously, and they did a good job with this villain. Is she the best villain in the franchise? Maybe. I felt like she had probably the most scenes, the most powerful scenes I've ever seen from a villain standpoint in this franchise. So I thought they did a good job with Charlize Theron. Vin Diesel, the main star of this movie. Vin Diesel is Vin Diesel in all his movies, just like Jason Statham is Jason Statham in all his movies. So um, expect to see much of the same if you like this franchise for what it is, just pure action, ignore the plot, ignore the acting, then you will enjoy this movie. But if you have a stick up your ass, kind of like me, you're probably not going to enjoy it as much. But again, turn your brain off and you will love this movie. And before I get off the topic of the fate and nefarious, I just want to touch on the directing just briefly. Um, the movie's directed by F. Gary Gray. You may be familiar with Summer's work. He's directed movies like Straight Outta Compton, which I personally love. He also directed Friday, which is like a cult classic in urban areas. Is that racist? Like, I'm black, so I can say it, but like, if a white guy said it, would you kind of have like a big-ass smirk on your face? I don't know. I digress. He's also directed some shitty movies like A Man Apart, also starring Vin Diesel. 
and be cool starting John Travolta and the Italian job which I thought was so-so but that also starred Jason Statham so he had a couple of actors that he was familiar with and I believe that helped him out a little bit because even though Vin Diesel plays Vin Diesel in all his movies Vin Diesel does a good job playing Vin Diesel and the same thing can be said about Jason Statham I felt like F. Gary Gray didn't have complete control of the directing because there's always this one ambiguous sequence where you get the music from the soundtrack you get a bunch of half naked women twerking well they're not really twerking because the girls are always there's no black girls in these scenes like these always got these skinny ass chicks with no ass like can we get some black representation in these these romp shaking videos that they're trying to plug into every freaking movie i can say fuck right i don't know it's my podcast but yeah we need some more black girls shaking some ass but that does not seem like f gary gray style but other than that i feel like the cinematography was perfect this was a globe trotting type movie so he had plenty of chances to get some incredible shots and f gray gray did perfect with that the fight scenes however it could have been shot a lot better there was a lot of shaky cam going on you couldn't always see what the hell was happening you could tell when the rock was not in the action scenes there was a stunt double and it's crazy that the rock needs a stunt double not that he's not capable of doing the action himself but he's uh, a multi-million dollar actor like if he gets hurt something can happen but that's understandable but you can see jason statham is clearly doing if not all the majority of his stunts and it would have been a little better if rock could have did some of the same and that's where i felt like some of the quality of the action scenes that took a little dip but overall i'd probably give f gary gray a b plus on his directing so it could have been a little bit better but other than that great job f what does the F stand for anyway? Because, you know, Wheezy F Baby, he always says the F stands for, uh, uh, shit. Yeah, the F stands for shit. That's what it stands for. That makes no sense. But F Gary Gray, we'll leave it up to your imagination. I think that's pretty much it. I'm going to wrap up this podcast, podcast, podcast. I'm drunk right now. Can you tell? I'm not drunk. I'm just playing. I'm talking like I'm drunk, but I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you for listening to Almost First, where our news isn't first, but it was almost. I'm going to work on that tagline. Let me know what you think. Thanks for listening. Ta-ta. 